The scripture reading this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Thanks, Cora. Uh, That is, uh, of course, those are the Beatitudes. The, the beginning of Jesus' great sermon. And the name of my sermon is a Steward of the Faith. It's the first of a three-part stewardship sermon. Next week we'll do Stewards of the Community and the third week Stewards of the Self. And it will not be nearly as great as Jesus' sermon. But I'll try my best. Where to begin this morning? A steward of the faith. You know, this church has been here since 1799. Uh, it got its start back in the 1796, I believe, uh, down in the house next to yours, Robin. That, the house that used to be the Hewitt House is where our church got its start. Right down the road here. Owned by uh, Ruth now. Right? She's still there? Yeah. Smith. Smith. Ruth Smith. Luongo Smith. Smith lives in the house where our church was started in... 1799. It's been around for coming up on our 214th birthday. Don't send a card. It's all right. It's all right. Um, And that's wonderful. And I, of course, am a child of this church. I was born and raised here. And a lot of who I am in my faith is a result of who the people have been in this church. And the result of that, 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 that comes from how people throughout the time of our church were raised in the faith. And that comes from where people before that picked up the faith and and where people came to the new world with their faith and and on 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 and back all the way to Jesus and on and on and on and back all the way to Moses and on and on and on and back all the way to the first human beings and back beyond that, I guess, to the Big Bang and everything that started it all. Our faith is so wound up with everybody and everything that came before us. There's, there's, as Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. And who we are today is partly a mix of who they were then and the people before them and the people before them. Our relationship with God is not simply ours. It really isn't simply ours. The same way in your family, there's a good chance that you relate with your children either almost exactly the way your parents related with you or almost exactly the opposite. 
because you do one of two things usually. You, you learn from positive or negative example. And maybe it's a mixture of the two. But who we are, how we relate, is all tied up in things that came before us. So stewardship, we're talking about stewardship and care of our community, because it's our stewardship drive. We put it off this year. And so stewards of the faith, we are called to keep it going. We are, are called to keep our faith going and, dare I say, not hurt it, but help it to continue in the world. Now, just like in your family, there's that embarrassing great-great-uncle nobody talks about. You know, I, my daughter is digging into our gene pool, and I'm sure there are going to be multiple horse thieves that were run out of Ireland. I know there weren't any snake charmers in Ireland, but anyway. And in the faith, there's the occasional clunker to go along with all the good things that happened. Let, let's talk about a few of those clunkers. There, there was a group of people called the Stylites. They were a long time ago, about, oh gosh, I don't know how many, how many years ago, probably 1,500 at least. The Stylites were people who uh, they believed in depriving themselves in order to show their love of God. And what the Stylites would do to prove their love of Jesus and communicate to the world is they would climb on top of a pole and sit there for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's what they did. You didn't learn about that in Sunday school? You didn't learn about the Stylites? Did, did you learn about the great Bible scholars who got in terrible arguments over the number of angels that could dance simultaneously on top of a pin? That's in our faith, too. You know, there, there are a lot of crazy distractions that occur in, well, in any faith, but in, in Christianity. Crazy distractions, and people, people go down side paths that, that aren't productive sometimes. That, that was the point of our Sunday school lesson for the kids today. Was, uh, there's a lot of really fun Bible trivia, but it really doesn't do anything for your faith. I, I mean, maybe you are inspired by a tale of a talking donkey. Me, not so much. And so it is in our faith, too. It's, it's easy for us to get distracted from that which is most important. When Jesus came, it was at a time where distractions were at their height. And Jesus was all about eliminating distractions and focusing on what was most important. And in this sermon, the Beatitudes, he actually turns everything upside down from what people had been taught up to that time. People at the time of Jesus believed a teenager with a zit had a demon and was unclean and untouchable. Now, most of you who have teenagers probably would agree. <laughs> but not really. But not really. People in the time of Jesus thought Rich people were rich because God loved them best. And poor people were poor because God didn't love them as much. Not all people, but 
a predominant number of people believed that. People in Jesus' time thought that if something bad happened to you, God must have wanted it to happen. And so when Jesus says things like, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted, he's turning that on its ear and he's saying, no, folks. He tells people to call God Abba in Aramaic, which means not Father, but Daddy. He tells people to call this God that they've been taught is just waiting to strike them in all of his angry wrath to call God Daddy and trust Daddy and just do what Daddy says. He flips it all over. Blessed are the pure of heart, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, they'll be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. Blessed, loved by God, not cursed by God, loved by God. And this is the faith that Jesus passed down to his disciples. And ladies and gentlemen, that's us. We are the continuation of the disciples of Christ. And our job is to continue to preach that message. Continue to preach that message of love, patience, acceptance, identification with the poor and the downtrodden, help for the mourner, this is our job, this, to be good stewards of our faith. What we need to do, well, what do we need to do? Lawyer asked him that once. What do I need to do to be justified in my faith? And Jesus says to him, it's the Shema from the Old Testament. It's a famous Jewish statement of faith. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. That sums up the law and the prophets, Jesus says. That, now, remember, in the time of Jesus, the Bible was... Ah, where are you, Matthew? This was the Bible. This part hadn't been written yet. This was the Bible. And Jesus says, all of that writing... All of that writing is summed up as follows. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Takes care of it. And all of this part of the Bible, that part of the Bible is Jesus telling people the paragraph I just said about this part of the Bible. And then people putting it in action. So this entire Bible is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And, of course, you know the response of the faithful young man? Okay, then who's my neighbor? In other words, who do I have to love? And who can I eliminate from the equation? Now, ain't that human? Stewards of the faith. We love everybody. We share the story of Jesus' love with everybody. We delight in a baptism, even if the kid wasn't as cute as that. We would. But DJ, cute kid. You're, you're an even better 
daddy than you are a mechanic, and that's saying something. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> You're a great mom, too, I'm sure. <laughs> it really is that simple, though. But our history as human beings is trying to make the simple complicated. And so you get things like people standing or sitting up on top of poles for their whole life to prove to the world how much they love Jesus. And you, you get things like people debating about supernatural points that don't feed anyone and don't inspire anyone. And this sort of thing is repeated time and time and time again throughout our history of trying so hard to follow Jesus. It is simple to follow Jesus. But often simple things are not easy. We should not confuse the two of those. Some things are easy. It, it's so easy to do some things. Some things are simple but not easy. It is simple to say, I will love everyone and I will love God with everything I've got. It is so much harder to actually do it. And so, stewards of the faith are those people who bear witness to how hard that has been through our history and owning that history, owning when we've made mistakes, owning when we've done horrible things and repenting and doing better and learning and engaging the world and being part of that world, just like Jesus was part of his world, being part of the world and loving the world and sharing this with the world, the, the whole paragraph of this Bible with the world. I was raised so well in this church by a lot of really good people and probably some clunkers too, but I'm not naming names. <laughs> and I was taught these things at church, at home, in my school. I was raised with that idea of God and Jesus. And it has been a, a thing that has just bared such great fruit in my life. And I'm a steward of my faith. I'm a steward of this church, too. It's more important to me than anything else in my entire life, and there are many very important things in my life, that I be a good steward of my faith. Because when we are, everything, and I mean everything else, falls into place. So spend some time this week reflecting on what kind of steward of your faith you are, of the faith you were handed by who you grew up with or, or where you've been, what you've experienced in your life. Are you a good steward of your faith? Do you care for it? Do you nurture it? Do you grow it and pay attention to it? Do you love it? and respect it? I hope the answer is yes. If the answer is not yes, well, you can instantly make it yes and change that. Amen. <laughs>